Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian, and today I'll be taking you through our week 15 start sit research and covering all the information that you guys are going to need to make this week uh, to essentially make the right starts and sits, to make the right moves and put the right players in so you can win this week and move on to a fantasy championship or move on to the next round, get one step closer. But hey, congratulations if you even made it this far. Just making playoffs and past the first round is hard enough. I mean, with injuries, with busts, with just about everything in between, crazy weeks, whatever it may be, it's hard enough to get here, so good job, but let's keep pushing forward. Now, a few things, as I always say, leave a comment down below, guys, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, anything. It doesn't even matter. Just leave a comment. I'll do my best to read every comment and answer as many of them as I can. There will be timestamps down in the description below, and I really encourage you guys to check out our Instagram. I went really kind of research crazy on this video and found a ton of metrics on the Tennessee Titans um, on like Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown and just some really cool stuff that I want to talk about, but I don't have time to talk about in this video. So I'm going to post that to our Instagram. You, I think you absolutely are going to want to see that, especially if you own any of those players. But I'm going to quit wasting your time. Guys, let's get into the first game and start covering everything that you're going to need to know so we can get out there and get through another tough week of football. All right, so Ravens versus the Jets is the first game we'll be covering this week, and it also happens to be the Thursday game. That'll have some implications as far as injury recovery goes, but let's start off with the red-hot Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who is a must-start. He's got 21 touchdowns in the last six games. That's an average of three and a half touchdowns a game, and really it's no wonder this guy's leading all quarterbacks in fantasy points. By over 50 points, he's electric, and, and he's obviously a must-start. This guy's leading candidate for MVP, but he just he's not just good himself. He makes the rest of this offense better, and he really helps the running game. In fact, look at Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's been phenomenal, 4.9 yards per carry. He's actually 10th in scoring among running backs in PPR leagues. This is not a, a PPR running back, not a catch out of the backfield, make plays like that sort of guy. And yet he is still an RB1 in those leagues because of how productive he is at finding the end zone. He is fifth in the NFL right now with 14 red zone carries. He turned that into six touchdowns, meaning 87% of his red zone carries turn into touchdowns, and he's getting quite a bit of those red zone carries. So yeah, Mark Ingram is a must start as well. That offense is awesome right now. Another guy to look at is Marquez Brown. Not quite as exciting as some of the other guys on this team. Uh, he had just four catches for negative one yards the last two games combined, but he did play banged up with some injuries, wasn't quite 100%. He scored in just four games this year. Um, he's not a big PPR stud. Um, in about four games, he's essentially been about a, and excuse me, in, in all about all of about four games, he's been a bust this year. He's had some really big games. He's been awesome, but he's not getting a huge amount of targets. Um, and he's not a guy who's quite found the end zone as many as some other receivers. Uh, he's not up there with like a Kenny Galladay or whatever guys who, you know, sitting at like nine, 10 touchdowns on the year. So he can be played, but more as like a low end wide receiver three. He's really the one part of that offense that I don't trust. And he does happen to be their number one wide receiver. The other guy to look at would be Willie Sneed. Um, he hasn't gone over 18 yards receiving in the last eight games, and he's averaging just two catches per game in those games. Moving on now, we've got Mark Andrews. He's questionable with that knee injury, um, and this goes back to what I mentioned. It being a Thursday game is what makes me nervous because he didn't practice Monday, and that's a pretty quick turnaround. Obviously, start Mark Andrews if he plays, but monitor that because I think there's a very good chance, in fact, more like more than likely that he won't be playing in this game. 
If he doesn't play, you can replace him with Hayden Hurst, who had three catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown last week. Um, it's very streamable in that aspect. But, of course, if Andrew plays, then play Andrew. Don't play Hurst. Uh, Justin Tucker, you got to start him. He is not only one of the best kickers in the NFL. Belichick called him the greatest kicker of all time, and the guy's not even retired. He's also third in fantasy scoring right now because that offense is just playing so well. Finally, the Ravens. I would absolutely start the Ravens. They're averaging 14.5 fantasy points a game over the last seven games. That's basically a half a season. And the Jets give up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So all in all for the Ravens, this is a match made in heaven. Flipping sides now to the Jets, we've got Sam Darnold. Um, I have to say sit, down, sit Sam Darnold this week. Um, Ravens defense has given up just 12 touchdowns in 13 games to opposing quarterbacks. Um, the only quarterback against the Ravens this year to have multiple touchdowns was Pat Mahomes. And he's freaking Pat Mahomes, Sam Darnold, not quite playing up to that level. So I would certainly sit him this week. I've also got Le'Veon Bell. He missed last week with an illness. Um, wasn't an injury. It was like a flu or a cold or whatever. They never tell us. It's always just illness. Um, but he should be fine. He should be healthy this week. Downside being, it's a tough matchup. And it is a fairly, you know, somewhat quick turnaround. Uh, not a major turnaround or anything like that. Again, because it's not an injury, that's not a problem. But the Ravens do give up the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Now, Bell is 15th among running backs and stand, or excuse me, in, y, in fantasy scoring in PPR leagues right now. He's 16th in standard, so he, he still comes in as an RB2. However, this is a tough week for him. There will always be a few of you guys out there who are like, oh, well, I've got Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, and Dalvin Cook. You guys can sit Le'Veon Bell, but for most of us, we're probably going to have to play Le'Veon Bell anyways, despite the tough matchup. He does keep himself out there by being very versatile, by being able to do so much in the passing game. Though the Ravens have allowed just one, um, excuse me, the Ravens have allowed opposing running backs just to score just three touchdowns in the last eight weeks. And just one of those were receiving touchdowns. They've allowed just one receiving touchdown all year. Um, so you're probably going to have to play him unless you happen, happen to have some really good depth. This is a tough matchup. Moving on now, we've got Jamison Crowder. Um, he failed to connect on 13 targets. Failed to catch 13 of them in just the last three games, and he's averaging four fantasy points a game over the last three games. I would sit him this week. If there was a wide receiver to play, it's probably Robbie Anderson. He has scored touchdowns in three of his last four games, and he's averaging, averaging over 100 receiving yards, and he's got 18 catches in those games. So, yeah, he's been pretty phenomenal. The Ravens' defense uh, has allowed opposing wide receivers to score just four touchdowns in the last nine games, but I imagine this is a game where Robbie Anderson could get a lot of garbage time stats. Tight end Ryan Griffin. He is questionable with an ankle injury. Now, the Jets didn't practice on Monday, but they did list him as a DNP, did not practice or did not participate on the estimated injury report. It's a very vague situation all in all, but I would tend to avoid that and I'd start looking for some other options. Finally, I'd sit Sam Ficken in the Jets defense, and that's my wrap up for the Ravens Jets. Let's move on to the next game, guys. All right, let's talk about the Patriots this week as they play the Bengals and Tom Brady. Um, I think a lot of people know this, but I got to advise to sit Tom Brady. Uh, he is currently 17th in fantasy scoring among quarterbacks in the last 10 weeks. The production just isn't there, and that offense is struggling. It's, a, it's certainly a major concern right now. 
I would absolutely sit Sony Michelle. He's averaging just five fantasy points a game over the last six games. He hasn't even found the end zone since six games ago, excuse me, seven games ago, so even further. Um, you could consider playing James White, however, in the right situation. I would sit James White in standard leagues for sure. He's got just one rushing touchdown on the season and just four total touchdowns. The Bengals have allowed just six touchdowns to opposing running backs in 11 games, so their run defense is certainly better than their pass defense. James White, again, he's a PPR guy. I think you could flex him in PPR leagues, excuse me, um, or consider him a desperate low-end RB2, but nothing more than that. Again, ideally, he comes in as a flex play or he sits on your bench um, in PPR leagues. He does have 13 catches, 125 yards, and two touchdowns in just the last two games. But, I mean, you're really essentially betting on him getting seven catches over 50 yards and a touchdown every game in the passing game. He's not going to be able to keep that streak up for very long. And in standard leagues, you're gambling on him finding the end zone, something that he's just struggled to do this year. Moving on, Julian Edelman is a must-start. He is fifth in fantasy scoring among wide receivers. He's averaging 12 targets a game over the last eight games, and he leads all wide receivers. Every receiver in the NFL, he leads them with red zone targets. He's got 37 red zone targets. He's turned those into 20 catches and six touchdowns. Absolutely start Julian Edelman. Um, I would probably sit all other Patriots wide receivers. The one guy I did look at was Mohamed Sanu. As he's, you know, the new guy, maybe the last couple of games we struggled, but maybe he's developing. Not really. He's got two catches and 10 yards over the last three games. So I would sit Sanu and all other Patriots wideouts and honestly, Patriots tight ends as well. Uh, Nick Folk, um, he attempted just eight field goals in the last five games. That's not terrible, um, but he's not a great start for me. He comes in as a kicker, probably 10 to 15 range. So in deep leagues, you should start him. Uh, finally, the Patriots defense, they're averaging just 6.4 fantasy points per game over the last five games. This could very well be a, 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 one of those games where they absolutely beat up on a Bengals offense, but the way their offense is running, it's certainly a concern as far as how much that's hurt their defensive play constantly keeping them on the field. Flipping sides now to the Bengals, uh, we've got Andy Dalton. Looks like he should be playing this week. It's interesting. Only Deshaun Watson, he's the only quarterback to throw multiple touchdowns versus the Patriots. Um, eight times they have held quarterbacks to zero touchdowns. Eight times they have held quarterbacks from passing for a touchdown. And five times they've allowed quarterbacks to throw for just one touchdown. Their pass defense is elite. Do not start either quarterback, Finley or Dalton. By the way, Dalton will probably be the one playing this week. Uh, we got Joe Mixon. He's a guy to consider. Joe Mixon, is a, he's a fantastic, he's one of those freaks in nature, unbelievably talented guys held back by a terrible, terrible team around him. Now, for a lot of weeks, it's play him because of volume, but he's, the Patriots' defense is good. They've allowed just two touchdowns to opposing running backs all season, and one and only one of those was rushing. Excuse me. Mixon has scored 17-plus fantasy points in five of the last six, so he's a good volume start in a PPR league where maybe you just don't have better options. In standard leagues, I would begin to look somewhere else. I'm very nervous about that run defense. Uh, over the last five games, he is both he's top 15 in both PPR and standard. So all in all, in a PPR league, um, I might fit him in there, his ability to work in the passing game. He could get some boost. My nerves, uh, for me, what makes me nervous, I'm comfortable, is I don't think he's going to find the end zone. That Patriots defense is so good right now. This is going to be a very defensive, low-scoring affair. So 
And in PPL league, I think you could play him. I think you could get the volume you need from him. He'll probably go over 100 total yards and get you that 100-yard bonus. He'll probably get you two or three or four, maybe five catches, whatever. So he could, you know, kind of creep his way up there to still be a fair start in PPR leagues. But in standard leagues, you know, touchdown is king. And there's a lot of nerves that, at least for me, that he's just not going to be able to do that with the way that offense is probably going to struggle in this game. Finally, or not finally, but moving on now to the wide receivers. Tyler Boyd, he is currently 24th in wide receiver scoring in PPR leagues. He scored just three touchdowns all season, but two of those have come in the last three games. And of course, Andy Dalton has just taken over. He threw one of those touchdowns to him. So that helps him. Um, you could consider playing him. I'd call him a low-end wide receiver three this week. He's going to have to go against Stephon Gilmore, and that is a tough matchup. But he is the guy. He's the number one wide receiver, and I have a hard time sitting him when there are plenty of other people who also have tough matchups. Um, he does get, of course, that little bit of that volume boost simply by being in a game where they're probably going to look his way a lot to help move the chains. Uh, John Ross is questionable. He returned last game and had just two catches for 28 yards. I would sit John Ross and all other wide receivers, I believe, odd and Tate has been placed on the IR. I would sit tight end Tyler Eifert. He had just four catches for, excuse me, last week he had four catches for 49 yards. That was really, that was the second best game that he has had all year. Definitely sit him. This is a tough matchup. I'd also sit Randy Bullock and the Bengals defense. <clears throat> but let's move on to the next game, guys. Uh, now we get the Buccaneers versus the Lions. Starting off the Lions, Matthew Stafford and David Blau. Now Stafford uh, in three games going into his injury, he had 1,100 plus yards. He was over 1,100 yards and he had 10 touchdowns in just those three games. If Matthew Stafford plays, Stafford is a must start. However, at this point in the season, and we're seeing many other teams do this with guys like Calvin Ridley, who good players are simply sitting. If your team is out of the playoffs and they're not in contention, there's really no need or reason to play them. So for that reason, I doubt Stafford will play. And I would sit David Blau. Um, he had just one touchdown in 205 yards last week. And he did that off of 40 attempts. And he's got some good wide receivers. Furthermore, Marvin Jones has been placed on the IR. So that's going to hurt him even more. It's really going to hurt this offense. Now we've got Bo Scarborough. Uh, he's had increased touches the last four weeks. Went from 14, 19, 21, all the way up to 22 touches last week. So he's certainly getting a lot of usage. Um, but he had just um, 43 fantasy points in PPR league. Or excuse me. He is just 43rd in PPR leagues and 33rd in standard league scoring since week 10. So the numbers really haven't been there. And this Buccaneers run defense is top five in allowing the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I probably wouldn't start Bo Scarborough this week. Kenny Galladay is a guy that I think you should play purely based off of volume. This guy is matchup proof. He's quarterback proof. He is a dominant guy. It's funny. He's played in five games this year without Matthew Stafford. He already has 53 catches, over 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And he hasn't even had his quarterback. He's been absolutely phenomenal. In fact, I just threw out a trade for this guy, um, offered up some first-round picks and stuff in a keeper league. Hopefully, I get it. I haven't seen it at this point, but I like this guy. Um, and he's got a couple of good matchups coming up. Um, but move on. I would sit TJ Hawkins. And he was placed on the IR, by the way. Um, I said that one week where I said I'd sit this guy kind of as a joke. And everyone's like, you idiot, he's hurt. I'm like, that's what I meant. But anyways, I would sit all Lions tight ends. And I would sit Matt Prater this week. Uh, he's just not kicking enough for me. They're just not letting him kick enough field goals. And, and finally, the Lions defense, I'd sit them as well. They're averaging just three fantasy points a game. And they have just two picks in the last eight games. The one bright side is you go against the Buccaneers and, you know, maybe you get five picks from Jameis. 
I don't see them doing that because they're not as good of a pass defense as Jameis has played in the last few weeks as, as you know, as Jameis has ever played. They're just a terrible pass defense at this point. Um, but now we come on to the Buccaneers side of the ball and Jameis Winston. He is questionable but expected to start. That's what we what we know right now. And he goes against the Lions who have given up 20 touchdown passes in the last eight games. That's already bad enough. I mean, that's a brutal defense. But when you dig into the numbers, they played a game last week against Kirk Cousins. They won 20-7. to And for most of the game, they were up 20-0. He just wasn't throwing the ball. And then they played... Um, Again, in that blowout, and then they played a game against Dwayne Haskins, and they won that game. The Redskins won that game, I believe, 17-9 it was, and he's a bad quarterback in a winning game. You can, like, you already know how that game script went, guys. He didn't throw the ball much, and they didn't ask him to do much, and he, they just asked him not to turn the ball over. And so you take those two games out where the only reason that quarterbacks didn't have great days against them was because they didn't have to. You take those two games out, and they have given up 19 touchdowns in just the last six games so yeah they have struggled quite a bit that is an average of 3.2 touchdowns a game uh, Ronald Jones Jr. Um, I like him this week. I would consider playing him as an RB2 or a flex. The Lions give up the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs, and he is the guy in Tampa. Now, I got a question on this. Um, I really appreciate the comment. Somebody left a comment and said, hey, I don't, you know, they were like, Ronald Jones Jr., he is not the guy in Tampa. He's not the number one back. Well, I, I beg to differ. The usage absolutely says so. Um, in the last four games, he has had 62 touches to Peyton Barber's 42 touches. That means he is getting two-thirds of the touches on the offense. And so, yeah, he's getting the main amount of volume. He's a bit more usable in the passing game. Uh, Ronald Jones Jr. is the guy right now, and he's got a good matchup. I don't absolutely love him, but he's playable. If that makes sense, if not, leave a comment, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, Mike Evans is doubtful right now. I'm going to say he's just not going to play at this point from what we know. Um... Here's what Bruce Arians said. He said, it's not good. I'll be shocked if Mike makes it back before the last week of the season. So all in all, we can expect that he probably won't even play this year, especially considering the way that, you know, this Buccaneers team is playing right now. This is a huge boost to Chris Godwin. Um, he's been just an absolute must start and the Lions give up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. The replacement this week um, for Tampa Bay to replace Mike Evans is a bit confusing. First, you look at it, maybe it's Brashad Perryman. He's got eight catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown over the last two games. So he's been very effective, and when you see that, it's like, oh, maybe he can come in as a wide receiver three. But they've also got Justin Watson, saw eight targets last game, and Scotty Miller saw six, six targets the previous game. So this is a real roll of the dice as to Perriman, Watson, Miller, who's going to be the guy this week? Who's going to fill in and step up and show themselves worthy to replace Mike Evans? We don't know. And if it were the regular season, I could very well make my prediction and predict. <laughs> wow, I'm really struggling here. Um, I can make my prediction and I can tell you who I think it's going to be because I already have an opinion on which one of those three guys it's going to be. But I'm not even going to tell you because you shouldn't start him. You're going to gamble your fantasy championship on one of those guys? No, you're not going to do it. So don't. Um, the guy who does benefit from this is, of course, Godwin. Moving on to the wide receivers, Cameron Brait and Jordan Howard. Um, it's tempting with Evan out. It's very tempting with Mike Evans out to think that these guys are going to have added targets. They're going to play well, but they're just essentially completely dead splitting right now and having essentially the same role and devaluing each other. They both had just four catches last game. Cameron Brait scored, but Howard had more yards. 
it's just very hard to tell at this point what's going on there. And it's one of those situations where they both play well enough to hurt each other, but no one plays well enough to become the guy and have real value. Matt Gay, he's averaging just one field goal attempt over the last five games. I would sit him. This Buccaneers offense just doesn't like to kick enough for whatever reason. He's just not attempting enough for me to justify playing him. Finally, the Buccaneers defense, they have scored 41 fantasy points over the last three games. So I would consider streaming them this week versus the Lions, especially with Stafford out. All right, guys, Bears versus Packers. Start off with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It's funny, can't believe I'm saying this, but I probably wouldn't play Aaron Rodgers this week. He's averaging over 200 yards and two touchdowns over the last four games. He's averaging less than 200 yards and two touchdowns over the last four games. The Bears also gave up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and their defense is allowing one touchdown pass per game this season. Per game, all year long, they're averaging just one touchdown pass allowed. Um, that's very effective, and all in all, I don't think it adds up to a great fantasy day for Aaron Rodgers in this team that's leaned very heavily on the run to win games. So, of course, you can tell what I'm going to say next. Aaron Jones, he's a must-start. Um, the last two games have been, uh, or excuse me, in the last three games, last game he went off, he had 33 fantasy points, but I think a lot of people are a little bit nervous with him because the prior two weeks, he was a little bit flat and he struggled. And I completely understand that. But when you look at that, I think a lot of that comes down to game script. And last week when we saw the way that he played, how effective he was, I think that's a lot more Aaron Jones. So I would play Aaron Jones this week for sure as a solid high-end RB2. I uh, definitely got to play Devontae Adams. He's averaging 17.4 fantasy points per game over the last five games. The Bears do allow the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, though, so I would sit all Packers. Wideouts, the way this Packers team has gone right now is they play some much better defense than they have in the past. Um, not an elite defense, but much better than they have in years past. They have a very good running game. They win the turnover battle. They're very opportunistic, um, which is a word I don't use much. And they use their one wide receiver who just gets a lot of volume, Devontae Adams. Um, that's that right now. We've got Jimmy Graham. He's got just seven catches in the last four games, so he's not, having, not even averaging two catches a game. And he hasn't scored since seven games ago, so I'm going to say sit Jimmy Graham this week. We got Mason Crosby. He kicked six field goals in the last seven games. He's really just the PAT guy, and that's what it seems so right now. So if you're looking at the waiver wire, if you've got another kicker, if you've got another option, I'd probably lean towards them. Um, but if you don't, this is a fair offense. He is playable in deep leagues. Hopefully that makes some sense. But we get the Packers finally. They're averaging just 4.6 fantasy points per game over the last eight games. So half the season in a row, they've just struggled this entire half or whatever. Um, so I would sit them this week against the Bears team. That's not a great offense, but at least as, especially as of lately, they've really turned some things around, kind of got this new leaf on life. And I tell you what, they're not turning the ball over too much. But move on now. We got Mitchell Trubisky. Now, Trubisky uh, has had three great games. And he's had four awful games. That's what his last seven games have looked like. Three great and four awful. I think some people are starting to... Um, remember just the good games because the last two games have been very good. But remember, two of those great games were against the Lions. The Lions have been absolutely horrendous, and everyone who plays them dominates. That leaves him with one good game against the Cowboys where he, in fact, was very good. And I'll give him credit for that game, but all in all, I don't trust him today. I wouldn't play him. In fact, he's had just three good games in the last 11 weeks, including those two versus the Lions. I don't trust him. I would sit him this week. As far as the running backs go, we got David Montgomery. Um, 
Packers have given up six touchdowns in the last five games to running backs. They give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I do like Gabe Montgomery this week. I would consider playing him. In fact, he's a guy who's going to get you around 15 to 20 carries and three to four targets. So he's a real solid volume play. Not might, might not be the most efficient, but they love to use him, and he's the guy. And at this point in the season, that sounds pretty darn good to me. Oh, we got Allen Robinson. I like Allen Robinson. The Packers do give the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, but I'd play Robinson anyways. He has been so effective. When you look at it, the Bears have won three straight games, and they have won it on the backs of Allen Robinson, and I fully mean that. He is the most important part of that offense. When you look at it, over those three games, they finally, because they were struggling, and they were not using him much, and they weren't getting him the ball. They finally figured out that they need to get him the ball figure out how to get him the ball and they start winning they won three straight games and in those games he's got 30 targets and four touchdowns he's been phenomenal he's got 76 catches on the air that puts him on pace for 93 catches on the air so he is also a ppr monster and i tell you what me and rob mostly rob we're really right at the beginning of the season when we said, and especially when Rob said that Allen Robinson is a running, or excuse me, is a wide receiver one. He's going to come in fantasy wise in that top 12, especially PPR. Um, and when, especially when you take a, a couple of struggle struggle weeks with bad offensive line and bad quarterback play, he has really been phenomenal. Um, the other guy to look at is Anthony Miller, guys. The last four games have been great to him. Six catches for 54 yards, six catches for 77 yards, nine catches for 140, and then three catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. The Packers have had four straight games allowing a wide receiver to score. So if you're looking for a mid to low end wide receiver three, you can play Anthony Miller this week. Um, he's a bit one of those sort of flex guys. Not great. Not perfect, but he's not going to be a weakness, right? He's not going to be the, geez, I need to get another guy in there. So he is playable. Sit Trey Burton. He is on the IR. I'd sit all Bears tight ends this week. And I'd sit kicker Eddie Pinero. And also, finally, I'd sit the Bears defense. They're scoring just three and a half fantasy points a game. And the Packers do give up the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. All right, guys, now we've got the Titans versus the Texans. And before I say anything fantasy-wise, I want to address how excited I am to watch this game. This game is pretty much seems like it's going to decide who wins the division. So good luck to both teams. I'm kind of having fun watching the Titans lately, so I'll be rooting for them. Uh, no offense to any Texans fans out there, but I am a fan of what Ryan Tannehill has been doing. But we're going to talk a bit more about the Titans in a minute. Let's talk about the Texans first and Deshaun Watson. He is currently number two in fantasy scoring among quarterbacks. He's averaging 25 fantasy points a game over the last three games. That number would go back further. I could say like the last seven games or whatever. He did have one off game versus the Ravens four games ago, but everyone does. Everyone's struggling against the Ravens, so that's really not a knock on him, and it's probably nothing too big to worry about. In fact, in eight of his 13 games this year, the Titans have allowed, excuse me, in eight of their 13 games this year, the Titans have allowed multiple scores by quarterbacks. And so they are also a defense that is... Um, very much open to solid quarterback play for a quarterback to really kind of take the reins of that game and step up and have a big day. So I definitely like Watson this week. I would play him. I would sit both Carlo, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. The production just hasn't been there. Um, Hyde has rushed for just one touchdown in the last seven games, and Duke Johnson has rushed for just one touchdown all season. You just can't trust these guys. The production is not there. This is probably the worst running game in the NFL. Um, if not, probably one of the worst running games, if not the worst, they're very bad right now. But that does benefit some other guys like DeAndre Hopkins. He's scoring 15 plus fantasy points in nine straight 
games. It's funny to think earlier in the year, people were worried about his play. Uh, DeAndre's fine, he is elite, and he's a must play this week. Uh, Will Fuller, he is questionable this week. I'll update you guys a little bit more on Friday in our injury update video as always. Um, he did miss last game, uh, last week's game after being hurt in the prior game. The last game he played a full game, he saw 11 targets, 7 catches, and 140 yards, I believe, versus the Patriots. So if he does play, I think he's worth putting in the lineup. Again, this is a big matchup, an important matchup, and they're not getting it done on the ground, so they're really going to need both of their wide receivers to step up. But again, that is if he plays. Uh, Darren Fells, in the last five games, he's got just two touchdowns. Um, two touchdowns in five games isn't horrible, but then you identify the fact that he hasn't broken two catches or 24 yards in any of those last five games. Sit Darren Fells. The hype on him was big, but I think at this point we've all clarified or at least seen that we just can't trust him. He's really just a touchdown guy at this point, which for a lot of guys, that's not a knock, but it truly is all that he does at this point, and that's what we've seen. Uh, kicker Kaimi Fairbairn, um, he kicked just three field goals in the last four games. Um, I tend to want to think he's going to kick more field goals, but if you've got some better options, play them. Definitely play him in deep leagues, however. And, and finally, the Texans versus the Titans. Since Tannehill took over, they allow, the, uh, allow less than five fantasy points a game to opposing defenses. So I would sit Houston's defense this week, which has played pretty bad lately. Um, flipping sides, now we get to talk about Tennessee and just some really interesting stuff. I'm not going to say all of it, though, because I don't have time. So tomorrow, probably around lunchtime, I'll be posting it on Instagram with some of the remainder of the extra information that I have found that's just been really interesting to study and examine this Tennessee team and this offense that is just one of the most interesting in the NFL of how they've been able to turn around since Tannehill took over. But who got Tannehill? He has scored 177 fantasy points since taking over as the starter. That is sixth most amongst fantasy quarterbacks, though I know that weird thing is in a couple of my different leagues, it says he's got different numbers. So don't be alarmed if in your league you said he didn't score 177, he's not sixth. Um, for some reason in my leagues, he's scored different in a few leagues. I don't know why that is. But anyways, Tannehill, great matchup. Houston does give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. To me, he seems like pretty much a must start. Another must start is Derrick Henry. He's currently put um, on the injury report as questionable. He's going to be fine. He was put in the same same tag last week as questionable. And you know what? Coach Mike Frabel said that the plan for this week is the same as it was last week. And last week, that plan worked out great. Last week, that plan got him 18 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns. And actually, it wasn't just last game. You look back the last four games versus the Chiefs, he had 188 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Then he had 159 rushing yards and two touchdowns. 149 rushing yards and a touchdown. 103 yards and two touchdowns. He's been insane. I mean, as far as pure runner goes, he's got to be the number one running back in the NFL. Sure, he's not a Christian McCaffrey. He's not going to get you 100 catches in a year. But man, this guy is fun to watch. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, absolutely take a look at playing A.J. Brown this week. There's certainly some nerves involved, but he's got huge upside. And this, again, is a very, very bad and sort of inept Houston's defense. Um, over the last three games, he's been very effective. Twice he's gone over 130 yards. He had one game, four catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, last week he had five catches, 153 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, the game in between, he had just three catches for 45 yards. But it was against a good pass defense in the Indianapolis Colts, and they went 31-17, to so they simply didn't throw the ball a whole lot. And again, 
check out Instagram. So I'm going to be talking about some really cool stuff about Tannehill and A.J. Brown in particular. Finally, I would sit Delaney Walker, John New Smith, both those tight ends. Um, I'd also sit Ryan Suckup and the Titans defense this week. Moving into this game, guys, let's talk about Broncos versus Chiefs and start off with the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. you got to start Pat Mahomes. While the Broncos do give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, that number is quite deceiving because recently they've struggled quite a bit. The Broncos defense has allowed 90 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks over the last four games. So over the last four games, opposing quarterbacks are averaging 22 and a half fantasy points a game. So again, that defense has taken some steps back lately or at least had some struggles. And Pat Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. Play him this week. As far as the Chiefs running back situation goes, um, in all honesty, it's a mess. I wouldn't start anyone there. I don't even want to get into it. I'll talk about it a little bit, but man, it's an ugly situation. There's not a lot to like. All in all, as I've looked at the numbers, uh, LaShawn McCoy will probably slightly, but not by much, lead the backfield for the Chiefs, as that's sort of what he's been doing all year. Leading the backfield, but not by much. He had 39 yards on 11 carries last game. He also had one catch for four yards off of three targets. Not a great day, but as bad as that Chiefs running game is right now, that was the best. That was their guy. So if you had to start when it's McCoy, but don't start McCoy. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, we got Tyreek Hill. You absolutely have to play Tyreek Hill. The numbers are confusing on Tyreek Hill because he's got just 44 catches, 660 yards, and five touchdowns. But he's played just seven games this year. He's got six touchdowns in seven games due to that injury. Plus, the Broncos have allowed opposing wide receivers to score six touchdowns in just the last four games. So yeah, Tyreek Hill for me is a must start this week. We've also got Sammy Watkins. He's averaging just 3.8 catches a game since he came back from injury, and he hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. Quite honestly, I'm going to put him down under as a wide receiver for this week, Sammy Watkins. I know there's a lot to like there, but he just hasn't been getting it done. Travis Kelsey, he's a must start. So is Harrison Butker. He is second in fantasy points among kickers. Finally, the Chiefs defense a um, bit of a gamble. If you if you look into gamble on your defense this week to stream one, Chiefs are the one I'd go with, actually. Um, they've scored 41 fantasy points in the last three games. And while Drew Locke mania is going on, I don't think that he's going to be able to keep up what he's been doing. I mean, three touchdowns, 300 yards in a second start. This could very well be a good game for that Chiefs defense. But I will mind you that it is quite a bit of a gamble at this point in the year. So I probably would stick to a bit of a safer option unless you're looking into this matchup um, or into this game where you're already projected to lose and you need to scrounge together some extra points and take some risks because they are, in fact, quite a risk. On the other side, we've got Drew Locke. He's got um, he's played great. Uh, three straight games, the Chiefs have held quarterbacks to just one touchdown, however. Like I mentioned, that defense has played well recently, and I don't trust Locke. This is not a knock on um, Drew Locke. I think that Drew Locke could very well be a career quarterback with a very good a very good career, straight up, right? He could be the Broncos guy for many years. He's looked great in his two games. There's no arguing that. But he's played just two games in the NFL, and he's going against a defense that has played well lately. Do you trust him? Are you going to put your fantasy championship uh, in the hands of Drew Locke? I'm not going to. 
I'm really not. And so I would avoid him this week. Also, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Uh, Philip Lindsay has really taken over that backfield as the number one guy. And despite the fact that Royce Freeman scored a receiving touchdown last week, Lindsay still doubled his touches. So if you were going to start a guy, it would be Lindsay. And he's averaging about 15 to 20 touches a game. So on volume alone, he definitely has to be considered as a flex player, low end RB2. But he does make me nervous as. He hasn't been fair. He hasn't been that great. And so there's definitely some nerves there, especially being not trusting this offense. The Chiefs defense has been getting a lot better lately, but he's definitely playable as a low end RB2, like a deep league RB2 or a flex play. Uh, Cortland Sutton, the Chiefs give up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They have only allowed one wide receiver to go over 100, 100 yards all year. All year, one guy has gone over 100 yards against that Chiefs secondary, and it was DJ Chark back in week one. So yeah, that defense is actually a little bit underrated. It's not the best defense, but it is far turnaround from what it has been. He's got nine catches, 108 yards, and two touchdowns since Drew Locke took over, though, and he has been really matchup proof. You have to play Cortland Sutton this week for sure, but lower your expectations. While some weeks may you want, you might be tempted to say, hey, he could be a wide receiver one for me. This week, he's got to be a wide receiver two. Uh, Noah Fant, he's struggling with that foot injury. He was carted off to the locker room last week in week 14. I did put him in my waiver wire video because he'd been playing well. And if he's healthy, you'd like to kind of gamble on him in deep leagues to sort of a low-end tight end play that's got high upside. But at this point, that bruised hip irritation um, the Broncos are optimistic that he'll play, but it's absolutely something to monitor. And as I said, he's got high upside, but he's also got some downside, and he does make me nervous. And so for me, he comes in uh, as a tight end 12 to 16 in that range, where he is startable in deep leagues, but in a standard-sized league, I, I don't quite want to put my faith in him at this point. Uh, Brandon McManus, uh, he attempted uh, just one field goal the last four games, um, or excuse me, uh, he's attempted, I believe, nine field goals in the last four games, five of them being over 40 yards. So, yeah, he's actually been kicking quite a bit. He's risky, but in the right condition, i definitely start him this week. Brandon McManus, he's one of the few kickers in the NFL who's actually kicking quite a bit. seems like nowadays kickers are kicking one field goal a game, and that's it. He's going to get you more than that, and that's kind of nice. Finally, I, I would sit the Broncos defense in this game. We got the Giants versus the Dolphins this week. Start off with the Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, without a passing touchdown in three of the last five games, Fitzpatrick certainly makes me nervous, especially because Devontae Parker, looks like Devontae Parker is going to be out this week. We'll cover that more in a second. I would sit Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'd also sit Patrick Laird or Layard. Or I don't know how to say it, and honestly, I don't care. He's got 2.7 yards per carry on the season. He's only scored one time all year. I would absolutely sit him. This whole offense right now makes me nervous, really, especially because of Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker was the one thing in this Dolphins offense that was working. He was clicking. He was effective. He was fun to watch, man. He was great. But now he's hurt. Here's what we know right now. He is questionable with a concussion that forced him out of last game. He did not get to continue playing in that game. Over the last three games, he was averaging over 100 yards and seven catches, 11 plus fantasy points in nine straight games. So if Devontae Parker plays, he is a must-start wide receiver. But I don't think the odds of him playing are great. I would expect him to probably sit this game and begin to look elsewhere. And as I mentioned with Fitzpatrick and Laird, this whole offense is hurt without him. And that begins to make me very nervous for all of them. The one player who may possibly benefit from that is Alan Hearns. Now, 
the Giants give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So this is a good matchup. And he did see increased usage, usage last week. He had eight targets, five catches, and 65 yards. But as I've said a million times already, it feels like they've struggled without him. There's a reason that that game was, what, 10 field goals last week in that Dolphins game, and only one touchdown was scored. I mean, that's crazy. We've got Mike Gesicki. Uh, last week uh, was his worst game of the season. With Parker being out, I'm not surprised. He probably saw some added attention from defenses and wasn't quite used to it. I mean, you really took out the one thing that was working in that offense. Um, prior to last week, he had two straight games with a touchdown. Um, he can be streamed in deep leagues if Parker plays, but if Parker is out, that makes me even more nervous about this offense as a whole, and I would sit Gasicki for sure. And again, even saying that, Gasicki still makes me nervous, even in a deep league, but the tight end position is so thin that he has to be considered. I mean, if there are 16 teams, I have a hard time imagining there are 16 tight ends you're going to play over Gasicki. So it's not one of those situations where you play him because you like him. It's uh, one of those the better of two evil sort of situations, if you guys know what I mean by that. But finally, we've got Jason Sanders. He's got back-to-back -back solid games. In fact, he has eight field goals in those last two games, and two of those field goals were over 50 yards. I would play Sanders this week. This could very well be another field goal-heavy game. Finally, the Dolphins' defense, I would sit them. Let's move on now to the Giants and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is doubtful for this game with that high ankle sprain. Um, he's missed just one game so far, but it's expected that he's going to be up two to four weeks. So that's probably not going to be playing this week. I think that'd be a bit fast of a recovery. That means Eli Manning is going to be in. And I would sit him. Here's what we know right now. The Dolphins have given up 11 touchdown passes in just the last four games. So it is very tempting to look at that and say, hey, look at that. They, they have a bad pass defense. Eli Manning could have a day, have a good day. But then when you look at it, Eli Manning played terrible. He completed just 50% of his passes. And if you take away a few great plays by Darius Slayton, he was horrendous last game. Absolutely sit Eli Manning. And yes, it does make me nervous as to addressing the fantasy value of some of these other guys. But if you've got Barkley, you got to play Barkley. This is going to be a run-heavy matchup against the Dolphins, giving up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. As far as the wide receivers go, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, they looked awful with Eli Manning. And right now, I consider them the wide receiver two and three. I do, because the number one wide receiver there, the one guy I'd consider playing, is Darius Slayton. The Dolphins have given up 16 touchdowns to wide receivers in the last eight games. Plus, Slayton's got six touchdowns in the last six games. And again, the Dolphins give up the third most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. So I'd play Slayton this week. Uh, Darius Slayton is quietly one of the best young running backs in the NFL, and he is very fun to watch. Evan Ingram was ruled out for last game. He almost played, but at the last minute, they ruled him out and gave him another week off. I'd consider playing him this week. A, I expect him to play. I really do think there's a very good chance he plays in this game, but he is still marked as questionable, um, of course. But what I like about him is that the first two games of the season when Eli Manning was starting, he was great. He saw 22 targets, 17 catches, 164 yards, and a touchdown. So yeah, Evan Ingram is probably the one guy in this offense that really has chemistry with Eli Manning. And if Eli Manning and him are both playing, he could have a good day, especially as Eli's crutch right, as his check down guy. And so I like Engram this week. And like I said earlier, you probably don't have a better option at tight end. So just live with it. Um, finally, I would sit Aldrich Rosas and the Giants defense. Let's move on to our next game. 
We got the Redskins versus the Eagles this week. Carson Wentz, he struggled, he struggled, he struggled, but due to volume, he bounced back a little bit. He attempted 40, 45, 46, and 50 passes in the last four games, and it equated to five touchdowns in over 500 yards in two straight games. Man, that's pretty exciting. Good for him. But you can't play him because now Alshon Jeffrey is out for the season. And Alshon Jeffrey was the glue that kept that passing game together. Um, and so, and also Nelson Aguilar is also questionable. But we'll get to that in a second. Sit Carson Wentz this week. He just doesn't have the weapons. Poor guy. Um, we got Jordan Howard. He is still questionable with a shoulder injury. Expect Jordan Howard not to play this week. And I'll tell you why. He's not just questionable with the shoulder injury. He hasn't even been cleared for contact, at least as of recording this video, as I've seen, um, he hasn't been cleared for contact. And you typically need three or four practices of contact clear before you're ready to get back into the game and you're 100%. Because oftentimes you're cleared for contact, but you're still not 100%. Jordan Howard will probably be out of this game, leaving Miles Sanders yet again the sole back and there's a little bit to like there. Again, this offense makes me terrified, but the volume is there. He could be started as a flex play for sure. He's got 55 carries and 19 targets since Howard went down. So uh, consider definitely playing him as a high-end flex, especially in PPR leagues, because he's got that volume. Um, as far as running back go, like, are you going to play him as a running back two? For me, he comes in as a very low-end running back or a running back two in PPR um, based on the situation. He's not finding the end zone enough, and for me, that's something that makes me nervous, especially because I don't trust this offense as a whole with Alshon Jeffrey out. I've said that 15 times. If I like to say it again, Alshon Jeffrey's out, but... The other guy who might be able to is Nelson Aguilar. He's questionable, some knee issues, and he was inactive last week. So he could also be out. Um, I don't trust anyone in this offense at this point right now, except Zach Ertz. you got to play Zach Ertz. This matchup against the Redskins, they give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. He's been on fire lately. He had 9 catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Then 9 catches, 94 yards. 12 catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. 9 catches, 91 yards, and 2 touchdowns. That is what four of his last five games have looked like. He has been absolutely phenomenal. And so, yeah, Zach Ertz is a must-start this week. Uh, Dallas Goder, if you are in a 16-team league, you're in a deep league, you could consider streaming Dallas Goder, plugging him in there, and saying, as I've said before in this video, I don't love him, but, you know, too late. I don't have any other options. Probably should have figured out my tight end a few weeks ago, but he just three catches for 41 yards last week. Uh, but he is playable in deep leagues. He's going to get some targets. And with Jeffrey out, that'll give him a bit more volume. Finally, uh, Jake Elliott, start in deep leagues, sit in normal-sized or smaller leagues. And I would, I would sit the Eagles defense this week. Flipping sides now, we've got Dwayne Haskins. I don't need to tell you guys how bad he has played lately. Sit Haskins. You also have to sit Darius Geis, whether or not you want to, because he is on the IR, leading to Adrian Peterson being the guy. Um, and he is a possible play this week in standard leagues. In the last six games, um, the Philadelphia Eagles have given up 100-plus rushing yards just once and just two touchdowns in the last four games. The bright side being Peterson has had a couple good games lately. He's got back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown. Two games ago, he had 13 carries for 99 yards. In the last game, he had 20 carries for 76 yards. But it was against Carolina and Green Bay. Those were two easy matchups. So I don't love Peterson. Um, but he has sort of a desperation play if you're looking for one. Terry McLaurin, I would start as a mid-to-high wide receiver three. The Eagles give up the six most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and that just as a whole is a bad defense in the passing game. They're much better against the run, but the Eagles have allowed 100-plus fantasy points to wide receivers 
in just the last two games. In just the last two games. That's terrible. I mean, that's absolutely awful. In those games, they have given up two different guys against them in those last two games. have had over 150 yards, and they've given up four receiving touchdowns to wideouts. So that has just got to be the worst pass defense in the NFL. I gotta think you got to play McLaurin this week. Finally, I would sit the Redskins tight ends, Dustin Hopkins, and the Redskins defense this week. So it's time to talk Seahawks-Panthers this week. I love the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, he's a must-start. Now, Rashad Penny is out with a torn ACL, making Chris Carson another guy to start. Um, he's a guy who's actually been very effective recently and really only been hindered by the fact that the, the Seahawks have been leaning towards Penny's way. But for me, he's a great start. And the Panthers' defense has given up seven touchdowns in the last four games to running backs alone. That's a great game for them. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, Tyler Lockett and Josh Gordon have been bad. Lockett um, is averaging just two catches and 25 yards a game over the last four games. And Josh Gordon has just seven catches total in the last five games to sit both of them. The guy that I would play is DK Metcalf. He has really taken over as the number one wide receiver in that offense. I love Metcalf. He's been very effective recently. He's a guy who's probably going to get you six catches and 75 to 80 yards um, with the chance of a touchdown. So he's the guy to start. Uh, as far as the tight end, Jacob Hollister goes, I would sit him this week. Panthers give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Kicker Jason Myers, start him. Um, he's in a matchup against a team giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing kickers. And kickers versus the Panthers, uh, the last four games have scored 54 fantasy points. So yeah, that's a great matchup. Finally, start the, not, not quite finally, but the Seahawks defense, start them. They've scored 52 fantasy points over the last four games. That is a very opportunistic takeaway, get after the quarterback sort of defense. So I definitely play Seattle this week. Flipping sides now, we've got the Carolina Panthers and Kyle Allen. Over the last five games, quarterbacks versus the Seahawks are averaging over 300 yards, and they've got 23-plus fantasy points, or excuse me, and Kyle Allen has 23-plus fantasy points in three straight games. So I'd play Kyle Allen this week. Um, it seems like it could be a good matchup, and I trust the Seahawks to score a lot of points uh, and to keep him throwing the ball. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is a must-start. You don't need me to tell you that. What some people do mean to tell, or what some people do need me to tell them, is how great DJ Moore has been. I think a lot of you know, almost everyone watching this video knows you got to start DJ Moore, but I don't think a lot of people know to the extent of how effective he has been. Now, it's a great matchup. The Seahawks allow six wide receivers to go over 100 yards, and they have given up three touchdowns in the last two games to wideouts. So they have, they've been very bad over the last few games to receivers, and Moore's been great. Seven catches, 101 yards. Nine catches, 120 yards. Eight catches, 95 yards. Six catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Six catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. And four catches, 81 yards. He is a must-start. As a low-end wide receiver three, you can play Curtis Samuel, but there's a lot of risk involved. The one reason I do like him is because of this matchup, and that's um, that. Greg Olson is questionable this week. He's likely to be out. Um, if he is out, you could possibly play Ian Thomas as a low-end play in deep leagues. Last game, he had 10 targets, 5 catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but there's not a lot of trust there, especially considering the fact that Olsen might be playing this week. Finally, I would sit Joey Sly and I would sit the Panthers defense. They have just 10 fantasy points over the last five games combined. That's just two fantasy points a game. But let's move on to the next game, guys. Now we get to talk about Jaguars versus Raiders. 
Starting us off, we got Gardner Minshew. He's averaging 150 yards and a touchdown over the last two games. Sit, especially because of DJ Chark. I'm going to get this out of the way now. DJ Chark is questionable and probably won't play. Uh, Jaguars coach Doug Marone just came out and said that he is week to week with that foot. And at this point in the season, they're not playing for a playoff spot. DJ Chark probably won't be playing. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that uh, he's on the IR. Uh, Leonard Fournette's a guy you got to start based off volume. He's actually seventh in PPR scoring among running backs, and he's just got so much volume and it's such a big part of that offense. Play him this week, especially because the Raiders give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Hadidi Westbrook, he's got 23 catches in the last four games. For me, he's a wide receiver three in PPR leagues based on volume and matchup. He's got just one touchdown in the last 12 weeks. That's why he's nothing more than a wide receiver three for me, because I don't trust his ability to find the end zone. I would sit all Jaguars tight ends. And Josh Lambeau, he is 12th right now in fantasy scoring among kickers. And he's had some recent struggle due to that offense. With DJ Chark likely out, I would sit Lambeau this week and I would sit the Jaguars defense. Now we got the Raiders and Derek Carr. Uh, he's averaging just one touchdown a game over the last few games. I think you got to sit Derek Carr and we'll get to some more reasons why as we talk about the wide receivers. We've also got uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, Josh Jacobs has been very great this year. He's been very effective, but he has been banged up. It's very likely that Josh Jacobs will play this game. Last game, he was even, John Gruden said in an interview and press conferences, he talked about how Josh Jacobs was in his coach's office, um, actually crying and begging and asking to play, saying that he didn't want to let his teammates down. He's one of those very competitive and intense guys. So I would be very, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Josh Jacobs play this game. I'm expecting that he will, and it is a good matchup, making him a must start. If he doesn't play, you guys saw my Instagram post that I made. I called it. If he didn't play, I said that the guy in that offense would probably be DeAndre Washington. Sure enough, that was the case. His 14 carries went for 53 yards and a touchdown, not to mention his six catches for 43 yards. So if Jacobs is out, the guy to go to is DeAndre Washington. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacobs played. Could certainly go either way. Both possibilities are fairly likely. Wide receiver Tyrell Williams, I would sit him. Only one time in the last six games has he scored more than eight fantasy points. And that's in a PPR scoring system. So yeah, the production hasn't been there. Hunter Renfro is questionable. Um, he's likely out this week as he is still struggling with fractured ribs and a punctured lung. Um, not one of those things you want to rush back from. Uh, he's not going to play this week, most likely. And Darren Waller is one of those guys where at the tight end position, being as thin as it is, you got to play Waller, um, especially with the offensive struggles uh, and the fact that the Raiders, I believe, are still playing for a playoff spot, though I haven't obsessively followed it. So let me know if I'm wrong. I'm completely willing to admit if I'm wrong, guys, I'm perfectly fine with you correcting me in the comments. It happens all the time, whether or not I'm okay with it. But uh, he's a safe pick for around five catches and 50 plus yards. His volume has dipped a bit recently um, as opposed to where it was at the beginning of the year was insane, but it's still above average and still good. Finally, I would sit Daniel Carlson and the Raiders defense this week. Now we get to talk about the Cardinals versus the Browns and Baker Mayfield. The Cardinals do give up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. That is good. And, you know, he started to play better lately. This offense has started to figure some things out. But I wouldn't play Baker and Mayfield as anything more than a streaming option or in two quarterback leagues. You guys know the drill. The Cardinals have given up four touchdown passes four times this season. So in a quarter of their games, quarterbacks throw for over four, throw for four touchdowns. And so... Because of how good this matchup is, Baker Mayfield is a, is a risk to consider, 
but only based off of matchup. Again, he's played well lately, but he hasn't played well enough that I would want to play him if it weren't for this game. Hopefully that makes some sense. Uh, Nick Chubb, good matchup for him. He's averaging over 100 total yards a game this season. He's a must start, even though Kareem Hunt has been kind of turning it on lately and playing well. Hunt has three straight games with a touchdown, and for me, he is a PPR flex play that you could definitely put in your lineup this week and feel fairly confident in. As far as the wide receivers go, sit Odell Beckham. This guy's a mess. This guy's not going to be here next year. I almost guarantee that. In fact, I was watching some clips. He wasn't even in the huddle with his team for a play, and he just stood there. It was it was bad. He even said that he wants to play for a new team next year, and He's doing his Odell Beckham drama. What did he say? Uh, I believe there was reports of him saying something like, I'll be playing for one of the teams we played in October. I was like, okay. But you get the point. Odell Beckham is a guy to avoid. He just doesn't have chemistry with the team. When you cause that much drama, your quarterback doesn't want to throw the ball your way. I mean, seriously. Could you imagine going hard? Like, you work hard at your guys' jobs. I bet you do. Could you imagine going in every single day, working full-time, 40 hours a week? You bust your butt. Sometimes you stay late. And there's a guy there that's like, you won't, I won't even be here for another year. I don't like you guys. You're not, you're not doing enough for me. Like, you, you don't want to work with that guy. So, yeah, I would sit him this week. He's a big name, but he's also a big bust this year. Jarvis Landry, however, is the guy to play. He has scored, what, 11 or more fantasy points in, I believe, seven straight games. He's been very effective. And the, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. So definitely play Landry. I would sit the Browns tight ends, and I would start Austin Siebert. He's got six field goals in the last three games. He's got very solid usage, and I like that quite a bit about him. And finally, the, the Browns defense, they're actually a solid stream this week. Um, Arizona Cardinals have allowed the last three opposing defenses to score 56 total fantasy points against them. So we really started off the year with this Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, new wave offense. Um, hot, and things were looking great. I still think Kyler Murray is going to be a good NFL quarterback, and I think Coach Cliff Kingsbury's done some very good things for that team, but they're not quite as effective as they once were, and they've given some opposing defenses some very good days. I would probably consider streaming the Browns this week. Uh, we've got Kyler Murray. Uh, he struggled the last three games. The Browns defense has played better. There's definitely some things that make me nervous. For me, he's a borderline guy who could go either way. I'd call him a quarterback 10 to 14 this week in that sort of range. We've got Kenyon Drake and David Johnson, um, the running backs. I don't think you should start either of these guys. The Browns have allowed um, running backs to score just four touchdowns in the last seven games, so almost a touchdown every other game. That's really not much, and they're essentially splitting roles. There's not one guy who's getting enough carries to hold fantasy value, and you certainly don't want to roll the dice on who's going to score a touchdown, so I'm going to avoid those guys this week. You got Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Uh, Christian Kirk has had some increased usage. He's had seven or more targets in five of the last six games, but hasn't exactly produced into more fantasy numbers. So that does make me nervous. Uh, Larry scored just one touchdown in the last 10 games, and Christian Kirk has only scored in one game all year. Granted, that game was three touchdowns, but other than that, both those guys make me nervous. I'm going to call them both low-end wide receiver threes. Um, many of you, and I think a lot of you guys, should play different guys and should bench them this week. But also, I completely understand if you don't and you have to play them. I hope that makes sense. Sometimes my advice that I give is vague because one of the hardest things 
for me to do here in these videos in my job when I do this is to describe very mediocre things it's easy when I get a stat to talk about how amazing someone has been it's easy to say he's averaging four touchdowns a game or you know whatever and it's also easy to say this guy sucks sit him it's really hard to explain complete mediocrity like it's just so hard for me to break down the numbers and just be like he's average so all in all, that's kind of where they are. They're going to sneak into some lineups, but many of you guys might have and probably do have some better options. So it's really going to depend on your situation. If you don't have a better option this week, I may consider looking at the waiver wire. There are certainly some receivers out there with some upside. Finally, we move on to the Cardinals tight ends. I would sit them. I'd sit Zane Gonzalez, and I would sit the Cardinals defense. The Browns have given up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing defenses, but in the last six games, they've really turned some things around and allowed just four fantasy points a game to opposing defenses. So that's a real night and day difference. All right, now we come to the Vikings versus the Chargers. And first things first, guys, go Vikings. Hopefully we win this game. Um, as you guys, probably many of you know, I'm a big Vikings fan. But start off with the Vikings because I like them and Kirk Cousins. You got to sit Kirk Cousins this week. Um, one of the things that has happened a few times this year is he's been a very effective quarterback. But we've seen in a lot of games, um, example being last week versus the Lions, where the Vikings win it and they just don't ask him to do that much. And that's been a minor concern for him. So I'm going to sit him this week because the one thing the Chargers have done well on defense they've done consistently well all year is they give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks what i mean by that is they're a good pass defense so i would sit kirk cousins this week especially if Thielen is out start dalvin cook he's the number two fantasy running back and he's been banged up i mean he's just been unbelievably effective absolutely play him the vikings are heavily going to lean on the run game this week against a team that has a much worse run defense than pass defense uh, Adam Thielen, he is still questionable. I'm going to say nothing more than, hey, go check out our Friday injury update video, guys. That's what that video is for, and that's where I'll update you on Thielen and plenty of other guys. Stefan Diggs is a must start. While the Chargers give up the third fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, he's been insane. He is 12th in wide receiver scoring this year. He's 12th, and especially if Adam Thielen is out another game, he gets that volume boost. You absolutely have to play uh, Stefan Diggs. And again, he comes in at number 12. Sure, he may not be the number 12 guy this week. It's a tough matchup, but you have to consider the fact that of starting wide receivers, you know, in a 12-team league, there's 36 starters. That still easily puts him in, on that list. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, he, he's going to say, if Adam Thielen plays, sit Rudolph. If Adam Thielen is out, start Rudolph. And, uh, Kyle Rudolph has not been a great fantasy tight end until recently. He suddenly emerged recently as a good fantasy tight end. As sure enough, when we get to the red zone, the Vikings need a tight end to throw to. They need a big guy, sort of a basketball player to just box out defenders. And that's what he's been. He's got six touchdowns with Thielen out. And he's got that volume boost, but otherwise sit him. Uh, I would sit Dan Bailey and the Vikings defense for me this week coming as a medium to low end start. They're playable, but they're not a wonderful fantasy defense. And one of the things they're not is great at forcing turnovers. That's a minor problem for them. But that could change this week as they play Phillip Rivers in this offense that has struggled a bit lately. Speaking of Phillip Rivers, he is 16th in fantasy score. <laughs> Excuse me. Phillip Rivers is 16th in fantasy quarterback scoring this season. And against the Vikings, who give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, it's not a great matchup. I'd sit Rivers. I would start Gordon, however. He has at least 12 fantasy points in seven straight games. And in those seven games, he's got six touchdowns. 
Um, the Vikings do go at the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, uh, but there have been times where, say, Seattle had two very excellent running backs. Carson and Penny both went over 100 yards in that game, I believe. Um, so there's definitely room in his knack for finding the end zone. If they're going to score, I tend to believe it's going to be Gordon. I'd play Gordon this week but with lowered expectations as a mid to low end RB2. Austin Eckler can be uh, he can be played as a flex in PPR leagues. He's averaging 19 fantasy points over the last seven games in PPR. Um, it's a tough matchup, and a lot of his points come from what he does in the passing game, but it's still points, so I would definitely consider playing him in that aspect. Uh, Keenan Allen, I would play him. He's going to have a tough day against, um, I believe, Trey Waynes is the guy they've been putting on number one. It's actually funny because Xavier Rhodes has struggled and they've had to bump him down, but Waynes has played great. However, the Vikings do give up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and this is a guy who gets very good volume. He's a big part of this offense. I'd play him. You could also consider playing Mike Williams as, as a wide receiver three or a flex play this week as he's really turned some things on lately. He had 111 yards, 55 yards, 76 yards, 117, and 63 with a touchdown last week. Haven't been against the greatest defenses, but the numbers are the numbers. And if you're looking for a guy this week when there are actually a lot of question marks at wide receiver um, due to injury and tough matchups, Mike Williams, I'm going to lean towards saying yes, play him this week. Hunter Henry is, of course, a must-start, and I would probably start Badgley. Uh, he's been a very good kicker, and the Vikings give up the 15th most fantasy points to opposing kickers. Finally, set the Chargers defense. Now we got Cowboys versus Rams and Jack Prescott. He's third in fantasy quarterback scoring among QBs, so... Yeah. Uh, do I need to say anything more? He's a must-start. And really the same thing goes for Ezekiel Elliott. He is sixth in PPR scoring. He's also a must-start. That seems pretty straightforward. Amari Cooper. You got to start Cooper, but lower your expectations this week. Against Jalen Ramsey, that's a tough matchup. But he is sixth in fantasy scoring amongst wide receivers, and he's already over 1,000 yards. So tough matchup, yes, but it's going to slow him down. But even slowed down Amari Cooper is better than many other receivers in the NFL. Michael Gallup should also be considered. He's 25th in wide receiver scoring on the year. He's already over 900 yards. He's going to hit 1,000 yards this year, and the Cowboys are going to have two different guys to go over 1,000 yards. Uh, Randall Cobb, he's a high-end wide receiver for. carries a lot of risk uh, simply because there are so many weapons in that offense. Um, but he has had two games over 100 yards and a touchdown in just the last five games. So he's been very effective over that time frame. If you're absolutely desperate, Randall Cobb is a guy to turn to, but it's so risky with him. I would sit Jason Witten, and they cut their kicker, Brett Maher, and signed Kaya Forbath. He has yet to kick for them, so I would sit him, wait and see what happens. Do not put your fantasy championship on the line. And finally, sit the Cowboys defense. We've got the Rams now and Jared Goff. Uh, they've really put things back on track. People were hitting the panic button on the Rams. Like, not just are the Rams going to miss playoffs this year, because, okay, the Rams miss playoffs, but then they fixed some things. But people were like, they figured out Sean McVay, Todd Gurley, and Jared Goff. You guys suck. Like, everyone's just freaking out on the Rams. I think we've seen the last few games. They've really put some things back in line. The Cowboys have allowed just four touchdowns, or excuse me, the Cowboys just allowed four touchdowns to Mitchell Trubisky, and they've allowed seven touchdowns in the last two games. So Jared Goff on a bit of a hot streak. I'd, I'd play Goff this week, especially with the emergence of the way Robert Woods has been playing. Todd Gurley has nine touchdowns in nine games. And you know what's funny? Rob said it, and we talked about it all early, like in the beginning of the season, before the season started, but really... Todd Gurley's fine, and they need to give him lots of usage and lean on Todd Gurley. And sure enough, when they've started doing that, he's got 47 touches in the last two games. Sure enough, 
that's got them back on track and they have struggled a lot less recently. Cooper Cup is a must start. The Cowboys have allowed receivers to score five touchdowns in the last three games and it also start Robert Woods. Now, like I said, they've allowed five touchdowns in the last three games, something not a lot of people would know when you consider the fact that the Cowboys give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing wideouts. So really trend there matters more than the total. But look at the last few games, Woods has been great. Seven catches for 95 yards, six catches, 97 yards, 13 catches, 172 yards. And then last week, his seven catches went for 98 yards and a touchdown. So yeah, I like Robert Woods as a high-end wide receiver too this week. He's played great. I'd sit Brandon Cooks and then we've got an interesting situation, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. Gerald Everett is currently banged up and questionable. I'll update you Friday and say nothing more there. Tyler Higby, if Everett is out, you have to start Higby. He's got back-to-back -back weeks with over 100 yards and a touchdown. If Everett comes back, I think they both devalue each other. That's a whole other conversation. But again, I'll update you on Friday. If Everett is out, start Higby. He's a great play this week. I think you got to start Greg Zerline in the Rams defense. I'd start them this week. I really would. Uh, the way the Cowboys have been falling apart and the way they've worked some things out lately. They've got 30 sacks in the last seven games. They've had at least three sacks in seven straight games. And again, I would start them. They're just a much improved defense and a much improved team as a whole lately. Falcons 49ers start Matt Ryan. In nine of his 12 games, he's gone over 300 yards, and he's ninth in fantasy quarterback scoring despite missing two and a half games this year. Devonta Freeman is 19th in fantasy scoring among running backs um, despite missing two games, but it's a tough matchup versus the 49ers allowing the second fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. In fact, um, they have not allowed a running back against them to go over 70 yard rushing, 70 yards rushing in the last four games, but he's got 20 plus touches in two straight games. So you have to play him as a running back to this week, despite the tough matchup. Julio Jones is a must start back and healthy. Good for him. And his volume is going to get a boost because Calvin Ridley has sort of placed himself on the IR. He's got an abdomen issue and he, he I believe he Instagrammed that he's not going to play anymore. Um, so that's the world we live in. But yeah, he's not going to be playing this week. That gives some boost to some other guys. The other one being Austin Hooper. He's a must start. He's got six touchdowns in the last seven games. Uh, Young Wei Koo is also a great start. He's been a fantastic kicker in an offense that his, they've really utilized him well. And just simply what I mean by that, the kicker position is just straightforward. They just let him kick a lot, and that's great. Finally, Falcons defense, I would sit. The Niners have a very good offense. Uh, as far as the 49ers go, Jimmy Garoppolo, in half of his past six games, so in three of his last six, he has thrown four touchdowns. He's been very effective, and this is a great matchup. Play Jimmy Garoppolo. As far as the running backs go, the guy to play is Raheem Mostart. Tevin Coleman has completely fell out of whack. He's got just eight carries in the last two games. So I don't like him. I would sit Coleman. He has, again, really fell out of graces and really bumped himself down on that running back three. Matt Breida had six carries for 54 yards last game in his first game back from injury. But the guy I really like right now is Raheem Mostert. In the last three games, he had six carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Then he had 19 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Then last week, his carries went down to 10. But he went 10 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. That's 6.9 yards per carry. And, of course, they went 48-46. So that could tell you why it was limited in his carries. It was such a high-scoring game um, that it was hard for them to run the ball that much. And in that high-scoring game, they used him in the passing game. He had 40 receiving yards. He was very effective. I like Raheem Mostart. I'd play him this week. I know that that makes some people nervous. Um, and I mentioned in the waiver wire video, and somebody said, that's a running back by committee. How could you? Blah, blah, blah. I don't even, don't even remember the whole thing at this point. But 
for me, I'm really beginning to trust Raheem Mostart. Not majorly, um, but with high upside, he is a definite flex at the least. Um, Emmanuel Sanders coming off a week with nine targets, seven catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. And again, Atlanta gives up the 11th most fantasy points to wideout, so I would play him. And you got to play Samuels. Debo Samuels has 13 or more fantasy points in five straight games. And in fact, he's ninth in wide receiver scoring over the last five weeks. So Samuels is quietly turning himself into one of the most effective wideouts in the NFL right now. You also got to start George Kittle. Three touchdowns in the last four games. Play him. Uh, Robbie Gold, play him. Great matchup. That is such a great offense. We've seen how many points they can score. I love um, the 49ers. I mean, heck, this guy could score 10 points off of just kicking PATs, but man. Uh, and finally, the 49ers, I'd start them. The last two games were tough, but before, but they played the Saints and the Ravens, two very good offenses, two very good teams as a whole. So of course that defense struggled. They're coming back in another game against the Falcons, where I trust them to have a better day um, than they've had the last two weeks. Now we got Bills versus Steelers, guys. This is a just battle of the defenses that I'm going to have a lot of fun watching. Josh Allen, I'd consider sitting him this week in smaller leagues. In normal size, deeper leagues, you have to play him. He is averaging 21.5 fantasy points a game over the last five games. But the Steelers defense is so effective that if you have an option like a Jameis Winston, I would probably play a Jameis Winston over him. And here's why. The Steelers give up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So we know they're a good defense, but they're actually a much better defense now than they were. Before they added Minka Fitzpatrick, they had given up three games where quarterbacks have thrown for over 300 yards. Since then, they have been one of the best defenses in the NFL. They've been phenomenal and fun to watch. And so smaller size, you know, 10-team sort of leagues, I would consider not playing him this week and picking up a Tannehill or a Winston or whatever. As far as the running back go, Devin Singletary is the man. Um, however, the Steelers haven't allowed a single rushing touchdown since week five, and they haven't allowed a running back to go over 100 yards all year. So all in all, for me, he bumps down to that sort of flex role, low-end RB2 and PPRs only. I would consider sitting him in standards. Um, there's just not a lot to like in that matchup because of how great that Steelers run defense is right now. It does make me nervous. Uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley, these guys are both volume guys. They're both safe plays. Beasley's got six touchdowns in the last eight games. I would play both of them as low-end wide receiver twos. Um, Bills tight ends, I would sit all of them. Um, I think Steven Hushka, uh, Hushka, whatever, I think he's a medium play. I don't think he's a bad play or a good play. He just sits right in the middle. I think he's playable. I would probably start him. And same goes for the Bills defense. Um, the Steelers team has been very effective lately, but with their quarterback situation, they're banged up wide receiver, running backs, that whole mess. They're just kind of a mess right now. I would consider playing the Bills this week. Um, now, talking about that mess, we've got Devlin Hodges. I would sit him this week. The Bills give up the third fewest fantasy points to opposing QBs. We've got James Conner, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels. Sit them. The Bills allowed just one touchdown to opposing running backs in the last six games. James Conner and Jalen Samuels are banged up. Uh, Benny Snell didn't play very great last game. As a whole, this is just a mess. And if you're going into a game where you're playing to play for the championship, I'm going to put my money down. I'm just going to say it. I have a feeling you've got better running backs. I really do. So I'm going to encourage you guys to not play them this week. I would avoid them if you can. Uh, Judas Mishuster is questionable. And Mike Tallinn did say that he is expected to return to practice this week. Could very well be like a Calvin Ridley sort of situation or DJ Chark or a lot of other where your team's not um, – quite there. They are playing for a playoff spot, which does encourage him to come back. Um, but 
we'll see. And that's the one thing where it's like, he's a light, like a lot of those other good wide receivers. They're stepping out because their teams are not playing for a playoff spot. I believe the Steelers still are. They still have a shot at making it. He'll probably return if he can, um, but this is a tough matchup. And if he plays at anything less than 100%, to me, you got to sit him. The guy to play is James Washington, um, especially if Schuster is out. He's been great. Four catches, 69 yards, 90 yards and a touchdown, 49, 98 yards, 111 yards and a touchdown, four catches, 33 yards last week. Um, though they did win 23 to 17 last week, so you can imagine why he saw just four catches for 33 yards. They only used him to really move the chains. I would play him for sure as a wide receiver too. I would sit Vance McDonald and Chris Boswell. And the Steelers defense, though, I would start. I would definitely start the Steelers defense. When you look at their fantasy production lately, here's what they've done. 11, 19, 11, 14, 13, 19, 25, one, that's really the caveat, and then 12, 13, and 18 fantasy points. So I don't know how many weeks that is. What is that? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. In ten of the last eleven games, they have been a you should have started them defense. So play the Steelers this week for sure. And guys, we come into our last game, Colts versus Saints. This is gonna be a, of course a good game. I always love watching that Saints offense and Drew Brees. So Drew Brees, should you play him? Yes, you should play him. He's got 15 touchdowns and three 300 yard games in just his last six games. And the Colts gave up five touchdowns to Winston last week. So yeah, you can imagine what a veteran quarterback is gonna do against them and play Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara, I think you gotta play Alvin Kamara. Yes, Alvin Kamara disappointed last week, and in many or too many for many people, he's been a disappointment this season as a whole. But he's got high upside. He's got to be a running back too this week. He's got so much potential and usage in both the passing game and running game. You still have to play him. And if you're considering not playing him, tell me who your running backs are, who your bench guys are, and who else you're gonna play. Maybe we'll talk about it and consider your options. Michael Thomas is a must start. He leads all wide receivers in fantasy scoring by 40 points. I mean, he's just amazing right now. And I don't know if this is true. I saw this like three weeks ago. So I want to know, guys, tell me if this is still, if he's still on pace for this or not. The last I saw, he was on pace to break Marvin Harrison's receptions record in a season. Um, I'd love to see him do that, but I'm not so sure if he's still on pace for that. That'd be crazy. I believe he'd have to get like 150 catches or something like that. I don't remember how many it was. It was like 143 or seven, but let's move on with the video. Jared Cook, he is questionable with a concussion. So monitor that. I'll update you Friday, but if he plays, he's a must start. He's got four straight games with a touchdown. Start Will Lutz. This is a high-powered offense. They just scored 46 points against a very good 49ers defense. Absolutely play them. And start the Saints defense. I like them against the Colts this week. I think the Saints could score a lot of points and force the Colts to be a bit one-dimensional, which is always forces sacks, turnovers, um, and fantasy points. Finally, we've got Jacoby Brissett. He's got just four touchdowns in the last six games. I would sit him against the Saints defense. Uh, last week was pretty bad. I imagine they got yelled at quite a bit for allowing a 49ers team to score 48 points. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that Saints defense really tighten things up a bit this week. Marlon Mack is a must start. Seems like every game this guy is good for 15 to 20 touches and a touchdown. He's been great. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, he's still struggling with that calf. And uh, Coach Frank Reich said that he is still week to week. Um, uh, but it is growing an increasing likelihood that he will not be playing in 2019. So I wouldn't expect Hilton back. Uh, the guy to play if Hilton is out is Pascal. 
Saints give up the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and he's got back-to-back good games. There's certainly some risk involved, but as a wide receiver three with huge upside, like wide receiver one potential, like wide receiver one upside, then yeah, plug him into your lineup this week. Let's start Jack Doyle at tight end. He did disappoint last week, yes, but at the tight end position, um, you got to have like a Zach Ertz or a Kelsey, right, to sit him. And I don't imagine that you do. So I would play Jack Doe this week for sure. Finally, I would start Chase McLaughlin and I would uh, sit the Colts defense. <clears throat> but hey, guys, that's my wrap up for this game. Let me just cover one more thing and then I'll be done. I'll quit wasting your time. Um, really, guys, just thank you so much for watching. I appreciate your support and everything that you guys do. You guys are the best. As always, leave a comment with thoughts, concerns, questions, or anything else that you'd like to say. And I believe this was another long video. We're running up close to about an hour and 20 minutes. That is kind of crazy, probably longer than it should be, so my apologies. But guys, good luck this week. You guys have a great day, and God bless.